I'm Adam Pendlebury. I'm Pete Race. I'm Paul Thorpe. I'm Barry Worthington, and this is the Progress with Unity podcast. We're back in the studio with a little bit of positivity, having picked up a draw away at Luton Town. To be honest with you, I think we were very unfortunate not to have come away with the win and be in the fourth round. We'll go through the game. We'll start off with the stats. The most important stat of all was one apiece. Luton had 71% of the possession, Latix 29%. Luton had nine attempts, Latix had seven. On target, Luton had two, we had three. Corners, seven to four in Luton's favour. Fouls... Both teams committed seven. Luton picked up a yellow card. We didn't. And an attendance of 5,660. I don't remember Luton Town having the majority of attempts. From from my recollection of watching the game, I felt that uh, we had the better attempts. We had the most attempts. So I was a little bit surprised when I saw those, if I'm being honest. I don't remember Ben Amos having to make any kind of significant save apart from you know the, the the goal that went in yeah i'm a i'm a little bit puzzled about that connick had an effort in the first half which he put past the post it was more of an half chance and i think there was one in the second half as well tom Naylor made an excellent challenge in our boxes uh, as well to to block the shot but mm. for me that was about it where you look look at our chances you know if we're getting the goal for the for the time being tom Naylor on another day could have had a hat trick uh callum wang had a goal disallowed when the keeper slipped and the referee blew for a free kick. What a shocking decision that was. That was horrendous from my point of view. And then Tello Asgard had a great effort. But why I'm talking about that, I've just got to mention the pass for that effort from Charlie Hughes to Tom Naylor, who it must have been 40 yards. He pinged the ball across uh, to Naylor in the box, who trapped it and then laid it back for Portello, who killed uh, an effort. But that 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 pass was... I'm going to say it. That pass was world class. Beckenbauer, that type of pass. Absolutely. I think we've got a gem of a player. What a ball that was. So we went ahead on 17 minutes. Tom Naylor, a good effort. Again, a corner, swung over. Callum Lang got on the end of it with his head. Keeper made a a decent save. It was cleared. Tilted, knocked it back in. Naylor was on his toes. Steamed in and, and... Great goal, great goal. I love them type of goals. He was on it. He was on his team, much more so than um, the Luton defence, which just looked uh, completely asleep. I think if if we conceded that goal at uh, the moment, they would <laughs> would have said that's symptomatic of how we're playing at the moment. But yeah, Tom Tom Naylor did fantastically well. He was our main attacking threat yesterday. That for me was one sign I look at and think, yeah, because this is where I was going to couple of weeks ago where you're saying about that first half a yard is in your brain. He was thinking this ball potentially is coming in. I'm going to be the first one on the end of it if it does. That is a real positive sign for me. If there's other players doing that, we stand half a chance. I think it's about confidence yeah, as well, though, isn't it? You're prepared to uh, anticipate something, take a bit, little bit of a risk and get into the box to do that. Because especially as a defensive midfielder, you, you, you're probably always always thinking, I exposed myself too far forward. You're always looking over your shoulder a little bit. When do I have to get back? So I think he did really, really well there, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think the mentality of pushing for that and risking that exposure is what we were missing a few weeks back. And... and when people accuse Liam Richardson of being negative, it was missing. But it, it's just people playing safe because they're scared of being exposed, like you say. 
He was up there for the corner, though, anyway, wasn't he? Because he is dangerous. He, he is dangerous in the box. You know, I think he should probably score more goals than what he does, really, because I think he's a he's a real threat in there. This goal reminded me, in terms of reactions, a bit of his uh, MK Dong's goal last year. You know, we need more goals from midfield, don't we? I mean, we need more goals from everybody apart from... I mean, Will, yeah. Will Keane's the only one, really, who's scored a significant amount of goals. So we need to spread them more around around the team, really. I think that mm-hmm. that's the way we can move forward like we did last year you know we had quite a few players who hit the net a number of on a number of occasions last year so um it's it's not going to work relying on one player one of the big pluses for me yesterday was and this is perhaps a a reason why our midfielders were getting forward yesterday is the fact that we played with three in midfield instead of just the two sitters. I think it made a massive difference. We cut a lot of that space out in midfield. And I've noticed over the past few weeks with Tories team and especially the way we've been conceding those goals late in games is, is the fullbacks have been too narrow and when they've come out to defend a winger, when a winger's been played in, they've been leaving big gaps behind them. And that space has then been exploited. And yesterday, I was on. I was watching all the time when when like Niamh came out to to close a, a wide player down. But somebody was covering yesterday. Somebody was cut, cutting that space out. So it's obvious they've been working on that. And I think having them three midfielders as well helped quite a lot. So that was a massive plus for me. We looked different yesterday, and I was quite well, pleased with that. Yeah, we did look different. I mean, if you could, if you come back to the the starting lineup, let's be quite frank about it. We 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 dropped. Two attacking players uh, to, fis- to facilitate that lineup yesterday. We dropped Will Keane and we dropped Tello Asgard. We had five defenders and three defensive midfielders. Now, I know we didn't play defensively the whole match, but that was a lineup that was put out there in order to, for us to stop leaking goals. And it almost succeeded completely. But being positive about it, it you know, it did stop the rot. I think the players played with, didn't play with as much fear as I think they have been doing in the last couple of games that we've seen. There seemed to be a little bit more confidence there. And I think the result yesterday will will, will add to that as well, of course. Um, but let's not kid ourselves. If he puts that line out, puts that same team out in a home match, everybody's going to be saying, how does he expect to win a match like that? For me, it was two things yesterday where you said like the fear was missing. We was away from home. We do play mm-hmm. differently away. We have been playing differently away for the past 18 months. And secondly, it was a cup game. And I don't think there was any pressure on us to, to win that game. In, in the mindset, that might have helped a little bit as well. Would he have played that team? Would he have dropped Keane out of his starting lineup if he was playing in a league match? I very much doubt it. I think that comment that Pete made is probably fair comment because... You know, we have a lot of clueless fans, um, you know, because you you, you had used to um, hear the mumblings, didn't you, that, you know, this is boring stuff, this is Liam Richardson's boring stuff, and then you saw it on, the, you know, the Twitter brigade. But it was prag- pragmatic, and I'm, I was very surprised about yesterday, because about two, three weeks ago, I think, it was just, I think it was me and Paul, actually, and Paul was saying, if you continually get bat- battered, you, you, you'll have to go back to the pragmatic style I didn't think he'd do that because essentially why sack why sack Richardson if we're going to play the same if we're going to play the same way essentially as we would have done under Richardson and and then you start I know we're going to come on to it later but you start to look at the type of signings that we're going to be bringing in don't look to me like Torre contacts either so you just think to yourself well you know is, is it the case that really this is more evidence now f- for um the fact that they shouldn't have sacked Liam Richardson in the in the first place, because 
he's not sticking to the style of play. Obviously, we had, we created some good chances, but it was clear that in the second half, we did sit in, you know, we sat in and I think defended well. But I would say it wasn't the Torre football that I was kind of expecting when he when he was appointed. Now, that, that's not necessarily a bad thing because this might get us out of trouble, more likely to get us out of trouble. But it just seems like everything seems very odd at the moment for me. I, I, I don't, I don't get what's happening. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's a positive result, but for me, I can't, I can't work it out. What's going on? To be honest, which general was it that? And I know it's been paraphrased over the years. The best laid plans often fall apart with the first contact of the enemy. I said within a couple of minutes of the match starting yesterday that just like as uh, Adam's been saying that it was it was a Liam Richardson lineup it was a it was uh Liam Richardson tactics it was a Liam Richardson performance re- replete with max power long throws if we wanted yeah. to see progress coming back to Mal Brannigan's word again I don't think that was progress no. I think a one a 1-1 one draw away at Luton Town is not progress it stopped the rot I accept that but that's not progress there was a difference yesterday though I said it I've said it earlier and it was a three in midfield. We cut that space out. And sometimes when Liam's teams have been playing, you you wanted an extra body in midfield. And he, he didn't always do it, did he? I mean, how many people were decrying the fact that we never played Shinner? And we always played either, you know, Naylor and Power or Cousins and Power, just the two of them sat in there. But I thought that made it a massive difference yesterday to, to the way we were set up, to the way we defended it. And again, to the way we attacked, I think we attacked better. And I think that was a, a change, a definite change that. When he brings his players in, because obviously he's going to have to bring players in now because we've shipped two out, we've lost two, we'll come to that in a bit. It, it'll be interesting to see what positions he's looking at to strengthen, what positions he's, he's thinking, I don't have the players here to play the way that I want to play. Does he want to go with three in midfield rather than two sitters? The, the one thing that it's still crying out for in our team, which we, we, we lack so much, is pace. We don't have any pace at all. And I think if we want to play that style in future matches, your wing-backs have got to be quicker because they've got to get... We're not going to get those type of players, but in an ideal... Ideal world, you want Robinson on the left, Reese James on the right. That that's a whole different angle then, because you you've got so much pace out wide that you can get up the field. Your midfielders can sit in a little bit, and you, and your wing backs can really cause trouble, as as Robinson and James did in that era. But I, d- I doubt we're going to get those players. I know we're looking to bring in on the left side, but to get that much pace into our team, and I don't think we've got any pace up front really. I mean, Lang's fairly quick but not not quick as to sort of championship standard quick players. And, you know, Fletcher works hard, but is he the answer? And Keane's not got any pace either. You know, I don't think Keane's that good, actually, when he, when he moves into the centre-forward position. So I think there's a lot of work to be done if that formation is going to be utilised for the rest of this season. I'm not saying it can't lead to great football, because obviously under Martinez, we had three at the back and two two wing backs that could get up and down the field. You know, we had a Bors Azure and, and Boise to be fair turn into that role as well. I'm not saying it can't work, but yesterday clearly it was clearly let's get back to basics. Let's let's make sure we don't ship the goals. Let's try and give ourselves the opportunity in the, the game. And I, and I think that's what we did. So that's a positive. But 
is her style evolving? Well, no, it's gone back to Liam Richardson, hasn't it? Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah, this is this is the thing. I I don't I don't I didn't watch that yesterday and think, oh, we turned a corner. I think we stopped the rot, and that's a different matter. But in terms of being able to see a progress and so that we're playing the way that Colo Toure wants us to play, not seen any evidence of that at all. In fact, you know, you could say could say we've gone backwards. I mean, less than thirty percent possession. That's not his style of play, and. We didn't do very much pressing high up the pitch either. It was a very low block that we played yesterday. Content to defending our own penalty area and just outside. Did it pretty well for most of the, for most of the match. But that isn't, you know, time to take your point there, Adam. It's that isn't sustainable. We're not going to be playing that way for the rest of the season simply because we're not going to win many matches playing like that. Not yeah. got the speed, as you say, and we've not got the creativity either. Maybe it's just appeasing the supporters for the time being until he gets his men in. I don't know. You know, how do you appease supporters by turning the results around, don't you? The noisy supporters don't care how we play. For all the, the, the screen that they do, they don't. They care about the fact that we don't lose and we win. That's what they're after. They're after being having the bragging rights for the winning team. That's all they care about. Winning, winning games papers over an Im- immeasurable number of cracks. It really does. Well, we're yeah. not going to win games. I don't think we're going to win games playing like that. I don't. I don't and you said at the beginning, Barry, I think you, we were perhaps unlucky not to win. I, I don't agree. I think it was, I think a draw was a very fair result. And I know we had that the, the chance at the end and, and so on, uh, which, of course, we could have come away with a win, but, but I don't think it was a deserved, wouldn't have been a deserved win. It wouldn't have been a nailed on, oh, we've won this game. You know, if it was a boxing match, we would have won on points. I didn't mean it like that. I just thought we were really unlucky not to have won because we had two goals disallowed for a start, which were good goals, in my opinion. Tom Naylor's header could have gone in the top corner. Lange had an excellent chance when Fletcher knocked the ball over to him in the box and he tried to hit it first time and he scuffed it. It went through his legs, ended up going wide, and we could have hit the target with that. So I, I think we had the chances to have won it. Thinking back at, at, at Luton's chances, they are a clear-cut chance. They only had one real clear-cut chance and they scored off it. The rest of them were half chances. So on chances, I th- the knockout blows, I think we had we had the better. So that's why I meant we was unlucky not to win it. Going forward, like you're saying, is it enough to to keep us up this season playing like that? Well, probably not because we've seen what happens. We we know you don't get beaten four one three times if you're a, a solid team. So things have got to change, and we've got to be on the front foot a little bit. But it's a cup game. It's it's a bit of relief. It's away from the league. Charlie last week said, "If there's one team in this division looking forward to having a break from the championship, it's us." And I, I didn't quite get that at the time, but I do know because for me, yesterday was so positive because we didn't lose a game and we could play. He, he had a tinker yesterday, didn't he? Two Ray. He, he had a, for him, that might have been a bold experiment. The thing that really worries me is Richardson got sacked, new manager comes in, he's a brilliant presentation, his PowerPoint's bang on the money. We're going to play lovely football. We try it, we give the ball away time after time, we get absolutely tonked. We go back to a Liam Richardson style and we get a draw. Now, how many of those senior pros are going to be in that team the next time the coaches come up to them and say, yeah, what we really need to do is be open, expansive and pass the ball about. How many of those senior pros are going to take them, take them coaches seriously? They've got to transition from pragmatic We've got to get some points on the board. Then we'll see who comes in, and then we'll start trying to transform the, the style of the squad and the style of the of the play. The presentation obviously was top class. 
the aims and objectives were there. I'm sure there was um, some sort of methodology as to what he wanted to do. But then the evidence base for that, for me, would be what level of due diligence has been done on the Wigan squad. Does it link to that PowerPoint presentation or, or how he came across the interview? It's taken him four or five games now to realise that, well, these players can't play the style of play that I want to play. Now, to me, that seems really odd that, that that's won over the, the chairman and the CEO in the meeting when they're not, they're, they know what the players, particularly the CEO, knows the what type of players we've got in because he outsigned them with Richardson. Unless he came in and said, well, let, let's see what we do for the first five, six games. And then I've got all these contacts and all these players that I can bring in who will then fit to my style. But that doesn't look like it's going to happen. So it just it, it becomes an odder appointment. I mean, that doesn't mean that I'm not supporting him. He's not had enough time. You know, he'll be there to the end of the season, in my view. And I think that's right. But it just seems odd to me. The game yesterday, uh, we're still in the FA Cup. David Webb was the referee. Uh, I thought on the whole he was okay, even though he disliked two goals, which he's onto them. Uh, but on the whole he was okay. He didn't really notice him too much. The substitutions, used for tilt, Fletcher and Cousins went off. Asgard and King came on. And later on, Dariqua came on for, for Reg, Romani Edmonds-Green, who I thought played okay yesterday. But on the bench, we had Jones, Edward, Scully, McGuinness and Barbara Dico travelling with the squad. So it was good to see him going there as well. Man of the match is voted for by our listeners on both Facebook and Twitter. No arguments at all. I think there was only a couple of votes didn't go for Tom Naylor. So, Tom Naylor, congratulations. Superb game yesterday. I think people know he's one of my favourite players. So, the draw's been made. We're still in the cup. The draw's been made. And if we can manage to get past Luton, we've got Grimsby Town at the DW Stadium in the fourth round. What an excellent opportunity that, that is to progress in the competition. I'm not being disrespectful to, to Grimsby, but we're two divisions either of them, so we should look at it as an opportunity. And I think this is something that we should push for. It's, it's we've, we've seen that positive results in the Cup can affect your league performance as well. It can transpire to give confidence through the squad. So let, let's go for it. For reasons said earlier, I think it's probably not that unwelcome to Colo Touré that uh, we've got a replay in the Cup, first of all, and a, and a possible home tie in the next round, because it does give him that chance away from the pressure of league football to try one or two things out um, to keep for the players to keep trying to put into practice what they're doing in training. So I, I, I think I think it's good that we're still in the cup and a replay. There's not we haven't got that many midweek matches, have we, between now and the end of the season, really. There's no big uh, fixture congestion or anything. So I think it's fine. The most interesting aspect of that, of course, is the fact that you play Luton at home on the Tuesday and then Luton at home on the Saturday. Well, if we had to pick one to win, I'll go for the Saturday result, but I still wouldn't mind an FA Cup run. We've got a week off now and uh, there's been a lot of transfer speculation, so we might have some new players in, in, in the squad before we meet Cardiff on Saturday. There's three players been identified by Alan Nixon. Stephen Colker, 31-year-old centre-back. He's over 100 Premier League appearances with Spurs, Swansea, Southampton, Liverpool, Cardiff and QPR. He was playing in Turkey until he managed to negotiate a release from his contract. Everly tipped to be joining us. Played with Colo Turi at Liverpool, so they, they go back a little bit. Very skillful centre-back. Plays football on the floor. Be ideal. 
to be honest with you. Left back, Harry Tuffalo, he had three seasons at Huddersfield where he was the star man each season. Really good left back. Currently at Nottingham Forest, he's made 10 Premier League appearances this season. Most of those coming off the bench, though. And the other one is Jack Colback, also at Nottingham Forest. Left mid, over 100 Premier League appearances. Currently at at Nottingham Forest, I've just said, in his former Newcastle and Sunderland. He's a tough defensive midfield player, picks up loads of cards. He's had one start this season in the Premier League. He's 33. He's quite an energetic player, defensive midfield. For me, that's suggests that defensively, Cole Toure thinks we have a problem with uh, those those targets, if I'm being honest. I would be well, absolutely amazed if Harry Toffolo drops down from the Premier League to the bottom of the Championship. But at the age he's at, and he's played 10 times in the Premier League this season, OK, they might be bringing somebody else in that to, to replace him. But I'm sure he's got, in terms of league position at least, I'm sure he's got better options than... Than us, but loan, loan, Pete. The loan signings, these Stephen Corker's going to be out of contract, isn't he? Yeah, the other two are loan signings. All right, okay. So we're desperate for a left back, aren't we? I mean, Joe Bennett's he has a good game, then he doesn't, then he gets injured, he comes back, he's awful, then he has a good game, then he gets injured. I mean, you look at those three, and you you take them all, won't you? If you could get them all, you'd take them all. Looking at their CVs, as it were, you know, you you think those are the kind of players that we want. you can be absolutely sure that um, we'll be forking some money out in terms of wages for for these three. Absolutely. So I'd rather go for that more targeted approach, though, of three or four, maybe five good quality players, rather than you know that transfer window under Warren Joyce, where we're in about twelve players who were playing in the Wigan Amateur League, I think, at the time. Albeit one of them's gone on to be a, an absolutely cracky midfielder, hasn't he, Josh Loren? The rest of them were pretty pretty poor. Two players left, Graham Shinner and Broadhead. Broadhead has gone to, by all accounts, gone to Ipswich for a million quid. And Graham Shinner played for Aberdeen on Saturday in a goalless draw. And unsurprisingly, he was voted man of the match. Which you, which you probably thought he was was undeserved, Barry. About Broadhead, I just thought that the fact that there's no other championship sides looked at him, for me... I, I've had a, this argument with a few fans, but for me, he didn't do enough, doesn't play enough, and he's he's a League One player. You know, he's ripping it up. You might rip it up in League One, a bit like Windass has been doing recently, but not for me, not Championship players. I think with Shinny, um, I think it was interesting in an interview, it came to light. I'm, I'm not sure if other Latics fans were aware of this, but he, all the time he's been with us, his family were in... Scotland, and I think I'm suggesting that that might have played a large part in why we didn't see the best of him. He's probably much happier now. He's uh, back in the family home and uh, playing his football in the north of Scotland. Uh, So good luck to him. I've not got a bad word to say about him. Yeah, the two bounce off each other, don't they? Family life's hard work. It's going to be harder to be happy at work. And if work's not going well, it's just going to compound it. We, we we need replacements. Those are two positions that I wouldn't have said we were desperate for. You know, we were far more desperate for fullbacks. Niambi, obviously, if he stays fit now, that covers the right. If cover the left, we, we might be in a much better shape. We'll see. I was a bit more positive this week than, than the last episode we had. I'm feeling a little bit more settled anyway. We'll see what, what, what the coming week brings. We'll be back on Wednesday uh, with a preview of the Cardiff City game. And... Uh, Hopefully a couple of new signings to announce. So until then, it's goodbye from me. And up the FA Cup, fourth round ticks.
Come on. 